You're listening to Salon Frequency, a podcast for salon professionals that are revolutionizing the texture of salon culture. Frida? Jocelyn? We got some guests today. I'm excited. I'm excited. We are going to have an amazing conversation with some master pioneers. Absolutely. In which the is, industry. Which, can I say that before I was a hairstylist, when I was like just cutting out pictures from the mag, what was the magazine? Uh, no, it wasn't Word Out. Word Out was for music. Oh, <laughs> it was, that. you know, it was a hair magazine. It was. Oh my God, and I can't think of it. I used to just cut out pictures. Black, black hair, black sophisticates. Black sophisticates, black, black hair. hair. Look at that. <laughs> yes. I used to cut out pictures of their work. Like, I, when you inspire people and you don't know you are inspiring people, yes. that is when you can call yourself a master pioneer. Like, when you're out here in the game in 96, 97, Doing inspiring it. complete strangers in different states, you are truly a pioneer. So I'm very excited. I'm so excited. Yeah. This is a, such a necessary conversation. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring them to the stage. If you're watching on YouTube, you get to see the beautiful faces. But if you're just listening, take notes, okay? Take Glad notes. to learn, to learn some stuff. Truly. So we have Vicky with us of Quinn Heritage. Dondo Kofele and Michelle of uh, Lock Mamas, all with us today. Welcome. Good afternoon. Hey. <laughs> so before we get started, if you all could just go around and share um, who you are, what you do, um, how long you've been in the industry. I, I believe our, our guests, our listeners would uh, really appreciate that. Yeah. Vicky, we'll start with you first. All right. So my name is Victoria Shelton, but you can call me Vicky. I am originally from New Jersey, now residing in Houston, and I am a lock specialist. I am a licensed licensed cosmetologist, um, but my focus is on all things locks. And I'm honored to be in this uh, chat with among master pioneers, as y'all said. Like when you said that, I was like, me? Like, <laughs> um, but yes, I'm, I'm inspired by everybody who is on this panel today, and I'm just happy to be here to be part of the conversation. So thank we you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Michelle, we'll go, go to you next. My name is Michelle London. Um, I'm from New York City. I'm from Staten Island, and I reside now in Philadelphia. I have two salons in Philadelphia and Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I am a cosmetologist. I'm a natural hairstylist. I'm a loctician. And I am a hair artiste, as I put in my bio. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I, I just love all of the progression of being reported because before it was by interviewer <laughs> now is by a podcaster and I, i'm just happy to be here it's the evolution of the industry yeah we appreciate you being here sure. michelle how long have you been in the industry i've been i graduated cosmetology school in 95 okay. and um i started doing natural hair in 96 i was doing it before like on an ex-boyfriend and a couple of clients <laughs> that i had yeah. In 92, 93, I was like a mobile stylist um, before there was mobile stylist because nobody wanted to come out to Staten Island. So 
I would drive to different boroughs and braid and do twists and start locks. Nice. Wow. Professionally, I'll say 96, but really probably like 90, 91. That's an amazing career. Yes. Truly. And we have Mr. Kafele here. Welcome, welcome. Hey, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) So cool. Tell us about yourself, sir. My name is Tondo Kafele. I reside in Brooklyn, New York. I am a self-esteem specialist. I am a loctician. I am a natural hair militant. And I am a keeper of the culture. I love it. Mm. We did a podcast last week with introductions. You definitely just won the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is an intro. <laughs> definitely won that contest. <laughs> Do you care to share how long you've been in the industry? I've been in the game 30 years. 30 wow. years. 30 years. When I tell y'all master pioneer, yeah, master pioneer. This I, month I will be 55. Happy Where? birthday. <laughs> Black don't crack and babies <laughs> don't age. <laughs> oh, will you be 55? Oh, yeah, you will be. I will be 52. So. What? Oh, I'm wow. loving this. Me too. Yes. To be surrounded by people who have been in this industry doing well for so long. For, yeah. for Michelle and Kefele, did you both always know it was going to be natural hair that was going to be your focus? Who wants to go first? Or you, you ladies, did? ladies first. <laughs> okay. Um, no. So when I was in cosmetology school, um, 94 to 95, I realized relaxers broke me out. So I decided that I was going to work with Caucasian hair. That was going to be my focus. Um, I had natural hair. And like I said, I had a few clients, but I, I thought that you really couldn't make money doing natural hair. So I said I was going to focus on Caucasian hair. So I started working at JCPenney Salon. And then I worked at another Caucasian salon in Manhattan in the theater district. And they worked with a lot of the actors. So I would go to different Broadway theaters and assist there. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, it was, I saw this guy who worked at Locks and Chops every day. Um, His name is Rostalo. And we would see each other on the train and he would always look at me. So he was trying to holler, you know, he was like, what do you do? And I said, I'm an assistant. And he said, well, we're hiring. Do you do like natural hair? And I said, yeah, I do. And he was like, do you have natural hair? Because at the time I was wrapping my hair every day. So I said, yeah, I do. So he told me, you know, to reach out. And I reached out and I had the interview. And then that's when it started. Doing natural hair and being myself and... Um, in the salon, I was like the only one that had went to cosmetology school. I always knew I was going to do natural hair. Okay. I went to a cosmetology school to fill out an application. And during my process of being interviewed, 
I asked the older lady at the interview, why do you teach our people to put relaxer or chemicals to the closest part of our body, to our brain? Mm -hmm. And the lady said to me, because you people have what we call over curly hair and it needs to be straightened wow. so that you can have one of the better positions in life. Mm. How old and were you? Oh my God. <laughs> um, I don't remember. I was very young. But um, at, that moment, at that moment, I knew I wasn't signing up for that. And then um, I was working corporate America. Um, I was twisting people's hair in the neighborhood for fun. And I decided to go to Locks and Chops um, to get a natural hair education. And from there, it's been history to me. Mm -hmm. um, I've done just about everything. I've done television, radio, um, I've done so much in 30 years. Um, recently, I just did um, some work for the 1619 Project, um, Mr. Roger Ross Williams. So if you get a chance to check it out on Hulu, you can see my work on the associate producer, Mr. Roger Ross Williams. Oh, wow, amazing. And it's a blessing to get these kind of opportunities when you have no manager, no publicist, no agent, and yes. the referrals and the opportunities are just coming from good energy or word of mouth referrals. Mm -hmm. Which I would say is, is a big part of our industry. Like yeah. that is how it started, word how word of mouth, how your business was grown and how you yourself became someone that was sought after, someone that was needed. Um, our desire to sit down and have a conversation with you stemmed from a conversation that you were all having on Instagram about mm -hmm. the teachers in the industry and the, the future, the evolution of our industry. And I felt, we felt like it was really important to continue Absolutely. that conversation and to understand the necessity of teachers in our industry, the necessity of you've gone for, you've excelled, you've done amazing things. What does it look like to come back into the community for you all and also for um, other master pioneers and other stylists that are in the industry? Mm -hmm. What does that, what does that look like? Or what do you, first let's start, what is missing right now? Uh, humility. Okay. Humility. Um, yeah, I, I, humility, um, patience, yeah, um, just, uh, also a, a sharing, um, is missing not enough. or not receptive to sharing. Okay. Yeah. Not really being open to sharing. Um, you know, I did a post recently about, you know, with the, having seeing stylists with um with weaves and wigs. Yep, we were and, talking about that. Literally. Like like before you guys got on. I was like, did you see like when I was post about 
hairstylists with their hair. People was lunching in the comments. They were just oh, thank getting goodness. I was real sensitive. Okay, I wasn't talking about illnesses. Like people were really, really reaching. Yeah. First of all, I was As just being a little funny. Yeah. Um, but I also do look at other stylists and like, you know, we're we're really um, a client's first source of inspiration. So when they come to us, they should be inspired by how we look. And this is something I tell my stylists. I don't like stylists to come to work like we're going to a car wash. Like, look nice. It really does something to the clients. I have seen how clients respond to me when they see me. Oh, I know you was going to be cute today. Oh, I love your hair. Like, it really... it. It promotes a conversation and promotes an inspiration. Like, well, if I embrace my natural hair, I'll still be cute too. Because, you know, some people feel like when they're going through the stages that they're not going to be cute. Um, So I feel like if I was a client, I went to a stylist that had a weave (laughs) How is that going to inspire me? And I had one stylist that said, well, I'm just wearing it while I'm going through the starter phase. But how are you going to answer the questions and inspire your clients when they're going through the phase if you're covering yours? Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it was just that. Like, I just, I feel like the stylist that does everything, you know, silk press, braiding, locking that's fine but if you are targeting if you're promoting to locked people that just doesn't make sense to me and it feels kind of money hungry because mm-hmm. that's what's in right now is locking and, and any type of locks is in right now so i do look at these pages and these people they have a lot of followers and i'm just looking like Wow, you, it's just, that connection is not, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you, you, you turned your face up. What thoughts did you have? The bottom line is, it's educational. You know what I mean? People are going to feel a certain way about it, but you're going to have younger stylists that see it and might think different now from seeing the response that you had to other person. You're correct. Because my daughter did feel a way. Because she just put braids in her hair. This is probably maybe the second time that she's put extensions in her hair. And mm-hmm. she said, you know, well, I have braids in my hair and I'm doing locks. And I said, I'm not, I wasn't talking about braids. Like braids is African. I'm not talking about that. Not mm-hmm. talking. I was just talking about the straight hair weaves and wigs. I, I could have been more specific. Because I didn't say straight hair or weaves, but it was it was a little post. I think yeah. I think you know. Yeah, we we got the point. The people right, who and then I did say I specifically said locticians because people so all these stylists. I'm like, I specifically said locticians, mm-hmm. and I should have yeah. just said stylists who are targeting locked locks. people or marketing yeah. to locked people. That's, but I didn't. So you say what you said. I said what I said. I never get caught up in those conversations anymore. Yeah. Because what we do, so my favorite thing in the world to say, 
is you can't license spirit. Either you have it, either you're mm-hmm. working toward it, or either you don't have it. And I have to stop assuming that my expectations that everybody is on the same playing field with me. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't you can't package a 30-year experience. You know, there are healers and there's hustlers. You know, That's my saying. There's healers and hustlers. Everybody <laughs> is not meant to um, be an anointing um, to someone's natural journey. Um, Interesting. I'm the king of lock, you know, and it was given to me by an elder. It wasn't self-proclaimed. And for a long time, I was cool with Kefele. But now that I'm older, I embrace the king a lot more because I have experiences and I have the approval of my community that I've been called to do what I do, you know? So I don't expect everybody that's on the court with me to have the same expectations of excellence. You know, I'm here to be a contribution to the energy, to the community. And I just hope that people feel and think that I have something to share. I, and, I'm sorry. I do wish that more people who've had 30 plus year did speak up a little bit more um, because then it would just balance the field a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because when I do say something, um, when I had a post a while ago about having your hair out more for the sun, and I saw some comments like, oh, people just say anything nowadays, or what does she know? Or she's just talking about her hair. And I was thinking, I was like, a lot of people don't even realize the years that I've been in it because I yeah. am so social. Mm-hmm. And the elders are not social. So they're just thinking, if you're really in it, then you must be new, like 10 years. Mm-hmm. For real, I think I'm like one of the only ones that has as much experience that is so social. Um, And I'd just be looking for (laughs) my people, like, say something, say, oh, no, she's been in it. Oh, no, she's saying something, but they're not saying anything. So it was just all these new people giving their little truth. taking over. That's like yeah, they're just taking, like taking over, over, and people right. who, who have the experience are not really saying anything just to balance it out. Because they're not online. The, do you huh? all think that the the approval of the community is important, and if so, as important as the approval of the clientele? Because those are two different populations. There's a the community of stylists, and then there is the community of clientele. In terms of approval, because Kafela, you speak, you spoke to having that approval and in and being held in high regard by the community, which I think is important. Do you all think that young younger stylists, newer stylists, care as much about that? No, no. Okay. <laughs> and I and I think they need to learn. You know, you don't know where you're going until you know where you came from. I think they should know who our pioneers are, so that you know, they can go forward in the future because they're not the first ones who are is starting, like it's coming from somewhere. Right. And because of the power of social media, like Michelle said, 
they're not on social media like she is, um, you know, it sort of gets lost. And then it's like, oh, I started this. And I mean, we're all creative. I, we're all creatives. We all have ideas in our head that I've came up with inventions that I'm sure y'all could, y'all probably feel the same way. I, I felt like I invented a lot of stuff, but I didn't put it out there. Somebody else did because we have, the, we think the same, you know what I mean? But yeah, if they don't see where it came from, of course they're going to take it and run. And, but I think it is important for us to have an understanding within our, the stylist community so that we can be there to give to our, the clients. So for me, I only debate my equals. All others I teach. I don't like to have a lot of, I don't like to have a lot of back and forth with people who don't have an appreciation for my resume. I feel that. And when it comes for, when it comes to mentoring, unless you took the, the vaccine to be an African, to be committed to hair, health and culture, then I don't, I'm not going to share certain things if I don't trust you with the information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my information has value. So just because you seek a certain type of mentoring, it doesn't mean I'm going to give you something for free. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my information has value, you know, and I don't, I don't like the back and forth conversations with people. Um, there's nothing to prove. There's nothing to, um, to get across. It's like Beyonce having an argument with Ashanti. It just doesn't make sense. (laughs) You know? I get your point. (laughs) Doesn't need to. I feel like Locks is now going through that Mm -hmm. type of evolution online where people are just like, oh, I'm going to get Locks. I'm just going to make everything up versus seeking the knowledge and for me personally i felt it difficult to one find the elders or find the masters mm-hmm. because i'm a millennial i'm looking online and if you're not online mm-hmm. where you? do i look yeah and i don't believe correct me if i'm wrong is there a, a resource where you go to Find out who are the masters, who started certain techniques. Like where, where are those master teachers? Like how how does somebody just getting in the industry seek that knowledge? Where can they start? I think that the the they still have the Master Pioneer Awards. I don't know if they had it in twenty twenty two. Okay, I think they did a retreat, but there are the Master Pioneer Awards that. Uh, Susan and uh, Anita, and I forget the other woman that's a part of it, um, that they put that on. So there is that. But to your point, I know that because I'm in relationship with them. So oftentimes when we talk, earlier we talked about community, because I'm in community with those people, it allows me to know more about what is going on with the Master Pioneer Awards, the natural hair industry community, and what they have going on. But if you don't even know that they exist, then that is true. How, how do you know that they exist? Yeah. Like you, you can't know what you don't know. Yes. And if right. 
there's no resource that I know of. And also that's a, I would say that's like a first generation master. And then I would say me, Kefele, um, Sarita from Duwafe is like a second generation. Mm -hmm. um, Because you can't, um, the young people can't really relate to the first generation because they're not even doing hair anymore. Right. You can relate to someone who is still actively working um, yes. and actively dealing with this new customer because it's a different customer than it was when we started in 96. I mean, in the 90s. In the 90s, people were extremely open. They listened to everything that you told them to do. And they were ready to go through a whole transformation you know, now there's shortcuts around <laughs> different processes and people are have all this information from YouTube and online. So it is a different type of customer. Um, so the first generation, they wouldn't know how to relate to the new customer. Um, and that's why I'm online. Well, I've, I am heavily online because I have multiple businesses in different states. So I just need for people to always know that we are here and available. Um, but also, I'm, I'm very interested in everything that happens progressively in this industry. So I'm, I'm really on it. And I don't really see the first generation on it. Um, you know, um, like Ona, who did the locksmithing, um, I I had told her, because I met her at the Natural Hair Convention a few years ago, and I had told her I had went to her salon. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, you did? Because, because there was no, there was no internet when I first started. Yeah. I would go to different people's salon just to see how they work, how they decorate, how they move. Like I was very, very, and I, I still am, do, I will still do that. I will go to different people's places just to see the energies, get inspiration. I'm like, oh, I never thought about that. So I told her, I went to her salon and she was very rude to me, but <laughs> she was like, was I? I said, yeah, you were. And she was like, I probably was. Um, because at the time stylists took it very seriously like I am creating if you come to ask any questions they're like move back yeah don't watch me they were very very (laughs) protective of what they were doing and it was a thing like how Kefela was saying if you wanted to learn something you needed to pay me so they were very protective of that and, um, you know, she apologized and she started laughing and then we had a great, great conversation. Yeah. Um, but that's just kind of the mentality of the first generation. And that's very hard to transfer into now yeah. um, where everything is pretty much exposed. Everybody wants to show everything so that they can get attention. I like yeah. what you said about going to the salons, though, and just being inspired picking up on their vibe because a lot of the natural hair industry mentors that I had were in my head. They were not 
in real life, like Sarita Eduafe, I'm a native Philadelphian, born and raised in Philadelphia. If you had any inkling of interest in natural hair, you were looking up to Duwafe, at least as far as I was concerned. Like that was the gold standard for me because I knew that they did excellent work. Aside from whatever celebrity work she was doing, I felt like they were the gold standard. So for me growing up, when I did, even before I was, even before I was in cosmetology school, before I knew that being a hairstylist was going to be my ultimate career, there were mentors in my head just from a beauty space. And I enjoyed just going to their, just looking around, just taking in the energy, just watching them and learning from them. And so when I became a stylist, I continued to just watch them from the sidelines. What is this stylist doing? Who are they working on? What new styles are they doing? What new, what, what are they creating? I, I've always enjoyed having what I call mentors in my head. Just watching how people. No, I, I agreed. I, I would go. I mean, I, I just went in there um, and I asked if um, they were hiring. <laughs> and this is when I first moved to Philly. Well, I, I went actually before I moved to Philly. I just wanted to see different salons. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I first saw it, I was amazed. Like, Duwafe probably had the best energy I've ever seen in a salon at that time, like 2005. Mm-hmm. The people were beautiful. The clients were beautiful. It was all this music. Everybody was, dr- it was just beautiful. And I was like, I want to work here. So when I did move, I just went in there. I was like, are you hiring? And they told me no. <laughs> and I went on with my day. And then later, Sarita, um, well, the receptionist at the time called me and said, um, Sarita wants to interview you. She said, there's something about you. So um, I interviewed and I worked there for, you know, a few years and I loved it. I, I did love it. Um, it. It was a great inspiration. And at that time I had been doing locks for 10 years, um, but I, I didn't palm roll. I learned comb, the comb method with locks and chops. So I went there, you know, not knowing how to palm roll. And it was a little difficult because I will say this, Philadelphians do not hide their <laughs> disgust with you. Um, <laughs> so, you know, in the beginning, it was a little bit hard. Um, they would talk about you. Um, it was like a row of stylists and I was in the back. So when I finished, the stylist would have to go down and everyone is looking. It's very critical. Um, but it just made me a stronger stylist. Like I already, I was like, I've been doing this for 10 years, but when you go to a different space, a different state, yeah, they have a whole nother set of rules and it just had to, you know, I had to get humble, like, okay, I got to learn how they do it. And, you know, it took me a few months, but then after I was a sought after stylist at Duafe, and I was like, okay. So I could do it with the comb. I could do palm roll. I was like, I I got this. And then you move down to Georgia and a lot of people wanted interlocking. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) I don't really know how to do that. So I just practiced. And now, I, I mean, I am great at interlocking, but it was 
it was a big thing in the South, the whole interlocking smaller locks, sister locks, micro locks was just a bigger thing than it was in the North. And I had to, you got to humble yourself again and be like, all right, I got to learn this. It's a lot. It's a lot. I, I definitely I think, think stylists should move to different places or at least work in different places. It brings a whole type of, uh, another type of humility to your craft. And, you know, because the, the clients are different, different regions, very different. Yeah. Even what they call either locks or dreads or dreadlocks. Like I had to learn that moving down here, everything right. was dreads, dreads. And thank God I'm not offended by that word <laughs> or I would have been trying to correct everybody. But I don't, I still call them locks, but it's just natural now to hear, oh, you do dreads? Oh, I like your dreads with the, with the little Southern accent. You know, like in New Jersey, where I was from, we call them locks. And... You know, so even that is different. But I think it takes, um, you have to be a certain type of individual to seek the education and mm -hmm. go out there like you did and walk into somebody's business to just to look around or ask if they're hiring. You know, I always heard of Duafe being in Atlantic City, um, but I, I didn't think to go there because I think at that time I was just so busy trying to run my business. Um, but I did go to Maryland and I was trained under Maleka. So um, even though I was already palm rolling, I didn't know how to start locks. So I had to seek that education. And um, yeah, so then I, you know, brought that back down to my hometown and it took off from there, especially with the diamond parts. And then people were like, oh, I was going way to Philly to Duafe. And I was like, so Duafe always came up, even though that was like 40 minutes away from me, I chose, you know, to go to Maryland for my education. But um, you do have to be able to want to go out there and seek it. And nowadays, it's just so in easy to just click a button on the Internet and see who does online trainings. Um, but I still think it's nothing like that one-on-one -on -one or in-person training to train under somebody. And well, I'm going to get back on social media. Um, because at first, I was a little threatened by it. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, I was a little threatened by it. So when how I so? It, what if, what about it felt threatening to you? Uh, so you know, I always speak my mind. Um, that curly new growth has twenty million zillion people listening, <laughs> and I don't have that same type of listening. Okay, and, ego. And in my head, I'm an authority. But my my thinking and my feelings are shifting because, again, you can't license spirit. And mm -hmm. so I feel that Curly New Growth has the spirit and that there are things in this new generation that I look for. And she has an abundance of desire to be in the conversations, to lead the conversations, to supply the information. And those are the people that I'm excited to create that bridge with, to create that balance with. I want to see your desire. I want to see your passion. Um, and I can feel it. That is genuine. Um, and that's just how I see things now. Um, my communication with Keisha Charmaine. Um, 
I'm grateful that she has the patience to be with me um, because I'm highly critical. Um, I'm kind of stuck some ways in my thinking. And she gets, she gets me to allow myself to step out of Kefele and just be available to listen. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm learning the difference between hearing and listening. Mm-hmm. And so now um, she'll say some things like, uh, Kefele, I brush my locks. And I'd be like, that's complete foolishness. <laughs> Wait a minute now. <laughs> and then... Because 20, 30 years ago, nobody was doing that. Of course not. And so now that people are doing it, um, it's borderline irritating because there are some people who are bringing things to the table that can be discussed. But then there's a group of Gen Zs and millennials who just have a desire to want to create something. Mm-hmm. But it got to make sense. Yeah. So I'm an, old, I'm an old school stylist. And I often say to myself, what would Bob Marley say <laughs> if he was on Instagram and he saw the things that were happening with the natural hair industry? Because in my mind, he was an example or a standard of natural. And now I don't think that I think everybody wants to be in the natural hair conversation, but nobody really wants to be natural. I think that's the disconnection. Yeah. That because everyone just said. Stand still on our slick edges. And it relaxes right. on your edges. Right. Like, that everything but, you yes. said, it, it's, it, it makes sense. It is true. And then you have another group of people, another camp of folks who are like, I don't care what Bob Marley would have to say about the, you know like i'm not mm-hmm. i don't i'm not even checking for that vibe at all it's not that deep for them and so that's where i think the disconnection happens because there's your philosophy and then there's someone else who only cares about not not you but someone who only cares about the numbers the followers and if it means i'm going to just throw something out mm-hmm. there and it throw it against the wall and it sticks and it can gain me 20 30 40,000 more followers then so be it i'm not really concerned with the cultural aspect of what I'm doing. I'm simply c- concerned with hustling, getting my followers up and getting my money up. And I think oftentimes that's where the disconnection happens. I'm okay with people hustling. Everybody got to hustle. Um, it's just that if you seek me for mentorship and we, I don't have conversations unless, unless health and culture are simultaneous. Mm-hmm. So clients, um, they think I make them laugh all the time. There's, yes, it's a two-strand twist, but here you have to call it a Nubian twist. Okay, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can call it a you can call it a retwist, but it's more than retwisting. It's a shampoo, it's a conditioning, it's an oil treatment, it's a massage, it's a grooming. Um, this parting, this, this culture, you know? Yeah. So if you're not saying African grooming, if you're not saying Nubian twist, if you're not referring to our culture as a culture, you are a part of the gentrification of natural hair. Mm-hmm. And black hair 
is the one thing that makes us uniquely different. Locks were the first hairstyle on the planet. And if it's left to me to prophesize, it will be the last hairstyle on the planet. I am a keeper of the culture um, and all respect to all of my peers who are in or who come from cosmetology. I am that one stylist who was not institutionalized. So my concepts and my thoughts and are different. You know, it's strictly about black. It's strictly about African. The only reason why you're sitting in my chair is because you desire to look African. I don't do any hot pressing. I don't do anything else but coach you to love, honor, and respect the hair that God gave you. And that I'm, you're not going to be swayed by my Instagram page because of followers, because I'm seeking leaders. If, if you want to follow, you can follow. But my journey is to attract leaders. I am one of the only Black men in natural hair who has a voice in this industry. Thousands and thousands and thousands of Black men can do the mechanical, but it's rare to step into leadership and have a voice. And I've um, put some work in, and I got the cosign from some elders that I was ready for leadership mm -hmm. and to have a voice in this industry. And I think my voice has been consistent and it's been responsible and it's been in, in alignment with natural. I challenge everybody to go to everybody's website, everybody's page and support two products. Support takes courage. Yeah. We have to keep our culture, our culture. That is so true. Vicki, Michelle, what would you say is the charge for the leaders, for the pioneers in the industry uh, as we're looking to educate, inspire, and build up the culture um, in the industry? What's the charge to charge there? I just think you need to be open to listen and want to learn. You have to, like I said, you have to be a certain individual to seek the knowledge, whether you want it the microwave version where you can just click on something and, you know, try to learn it yourself or actually go and jump in somebody's DM, ask if they did give classes, ask if they don't mind you coming by to, you know, just shadow them for the day. Like this is stuff that we did, you know, to get it before the internet was here. Um, and it, it should continue even with the internet being the way it is. You have to, but do your research too, to, to make sure that you're getting it from, the right person. So part of our conversation that we had on that live was stylists have, we have to do our research to see where we're getting the knowledge and clients have to do their research also to see whose chair they're going to be sitting under. Ask them, who were, who were you trained under? Hmm. Do you consider yourself to be a master loctician or even a loctician period? Or are you a hairstylist who does locks? You know, so just seek it. Ask questions. Don't be scared to ask questions, no matter how many followers they got. <laughs> right. Because they, right. they could be new to, to Instagram or new to Facebook right. and they're just building, but they have years and years of experience that they can share. So stop looking at the numbers of the followers that this person has before you decide whether they um, have the right information. 
I think um, everybody wants to be a lock owner, a, a, a <laughs> salon owner, and do not want to be part of a team. Um, you know, I've had a few stylists that once they got the lock styling together, they're like, I'm good. I can have, I could go get a salon suite and I'm, I'm going to be an owner. Um, I do. I feel like the humility is really out of it. Um, you do have to be humble when you're a part of a team. Um, and everybody wants to do it by themselves. Um, and, 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 you know, the care aspect is definitely there. Um, but I really think it's the humility and the ask. Um, when I didn't know something, I always asked another stylist or the owner. Not too many of the stylists that have worked for me ask me. They just watch me. And then they might take someone else's training. Um, I don't know if they feel like... Mm, or maybe because I do it with such speed and grace, they just thinking, oh, it's it's easy. But it took me years to get that. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't that fast, you know, 20 years ago. It, it definitely took time. So I, the charge would be to just get a little more humble. I did tell one of my stylists that because she, she was an assistant with me for six months. Before that, had never done hair. And oh, wow. sister with me for six months. Asked if she could get on the floor. I allowed it. I said, okay. So she was half part-time assistant, part-time stylist. And she became decent. In the beginning, she was okay. <laughs> she was really okay. And she thought she was great because she could take great pictures. And I was like, mm, I see how you work. I see how long it takes you. I see you fumbling through. But yes, the picture, fantastic. <laughs> you had the great light. She knew how to take pictures. Um, so after about a year and a half, she was, you know, she was doing pretty good. And but she started coming in late and then getting upset if her 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 client wasn't shampooed. And I told her, I said, you know what? Gotta just get a little more humble. Oh, she, <laughs> when I wasn't there, she told everyone that I was so mean, that that was a mean thing that I said. And wow. I was thinking, yo, you have to be humble in life, period. Because yeah. life will humble you. Um, and she left after that. Like a month later, she was like, you know, I feel like I've outgrown this. I said, okay. And, you know, she went and got her salon suite um, with under two years of experience with hair, period. Yeah. And I was thinking, that's bold. Um, but these people, they feel like they can do it but because it's, of them. It's very popular. Right. What they see on the, inter on the Internet. Yeah. And you can take a great picture, which does translate well on Instagram. but. The client, if you're canceling 15 minutes before they get there, or if you're late, that it's not sustainable. 
So you have to make sure that your Instagram is sustainable with your work practices. That picture, right. You know, I've I've seen that where the the client will come in and we'll ask them about their hair history and they'll mention a salon and this salon inevitably has 150,000 followers. But then when we start to talk about their hair schedule and their routine and they're like, well, I wasn't really going that frequently or the stylist was always late or they always kept me waiting. And so Mm -hmm. then when you dig deeper, the followers are there, but the customer service is not there. The relationship is not there. The, the, the practice of really taking care of their hair and knowing what's going on with their hair is not there. But the pictures are bomb. Like the pictures look great. <laughs> and so from the consumer perspective, you see the pictures. Mm-hmm. And so now you're growing your clientele, but you're spending more energy get bringing in new people because you can't sustain the old people. There oh, are no regulars. Yeah. So you're constantly, you have to keep turning over and keep bringing in new people because the customer service isn't there because you thought you were ready. Thought you were ready to do your own thing. And most of them did not work in a team salon because in a team salon, you're accountable. You're more accountable to what is happening because the owner, the other stylist, they may have to speak to the client to, you know, if the person is late. Like you're just more accountable when it's a team salon. Um, and I I do feel like every stylist should work in a team salon for. I don't know, two years, three years, just something so you could get mentorship and accountability and to see how the salon is run. Um, you know, the business most part of it. Yeah, the business part of it, see that mm-hmm. it is an operation going on. Um, you know, the stylists, when they come work with me, they see like it's a machine because I am, I don't play no games. Like if, the appointment time is this time. This is when I am ready. They need to be shampooed. They're going to come to my chair, have the next person. And that's just how it goes. And those are the clients that I that have been able to stay with me is that they know I don't play with their time because I don't want my time played with either. <laughs> but I don't play with their time. They know that they're going to get in and out and they're going to get good service. Um so, yeah, I would just really charge them to get humble, to work with a team, because you and the client are a team, too. So just work yeah. with the team to, so that your career can be sustainable. Truly. I appreciate you sharing that. All very valuable information, <laughs> mm-hmm. insight. Mm-hmm. Um, what the industry needs as we are revolutionizing the uh, culture, the salon culture. This is this is very necessary information. Um, before we um, close out the interview, I would love if you all could just share where people could find you online, maybe find you for mentorship, or just connect with you beyond this interview and just seek knowledge that you have. Could everyone just share? Vicki, we'll start with okay. you. Sure, I'll go first. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Ken Heritage, that's K-I-N as in natural, Heritage, H-A-I-R-I-T-A-G-E. Um, I'm very vocal. <laughs> um, my voice is always on the page. You're going to see my face on the page. Um, but I give a lot of free education. 
Um, but I also do offer um, share, ses share sessions where I share what helped me grow within the over 20 years of being in the industry. And um, also um, my link tree has my hair store, all the products that I love to use um, and that I recommend for my clients is on there. And um, yeah, and just thanks for the continued support. My page is growing and I'm thankful for that. And it's because of the information that I'm giving out. So thank you. Thank you. Her classes are amazing. Her share sessions are amazing. I have thank invested you. in them and game changing. Okay. Life changing. Appreciate you. <laughs> uh, Michelle, can you share with us where everyone can find you? Uh, you can find me at Lock Mamas on Instagram or Lock Mamas 2 on Instagram, Lock Mamas at Gmail or lockmama2 at gmail. Um, my merch, my products, my academy is all under lockmamas. Um, I'm on Facebook, lockmamas. I'm on YouTube. I don't really uh, add to my YouTube that often, but I am on YouTube as lockmamas. And um, yeah, you can email me. I don't mind DMs about mentorship also, um, and I'm here. Thank you, Michelle. And I've also been a part of the Lock Mama Academy. I'm always a <laughs> seeker of knowledge, okay? So <laughs> definitely. And Mr. Kofele, where, where are we finding you on the internet streets here? Thank you, ladies, for the invitation. Um, the King of Lock, I'm on Instagram. Um, that's the way you can find me. I am currently um, working on a podcast, um, Talking with Tondo, where I will start to have conversations with the elders and the millennials and hoping that we can bridge these communications further. I am also um, working on my first New York City natural hair health and wellness meetup. Wow. inspired by Vicky, who did it in Texas. And I'm taking okay. that energy and bringing it into New York. Oh, um, nice. I want to go. And anybody who's doing anything vegan, health-related, um, any and everybody who's doing anything positive in the community is welcome to be a part of this meetup. Just looking for a space. Um, I'm Tondo Kefele. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And with that, we appreciate you being here on Salon Frequency. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review. And if you're on YouTube, comment. What did you What did you receive from this interview? What insight did you gain? How did this conversation help you? We would love to hear um, more about it. Follow everybody on Instagram. I will put their links. So we will put the links in the description. And you can follow us at Salon Frequency. And it's Freedom Round. Peace. Thank you.